is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go! It's our tight ends preview. We did quarterbacks earlier in the week. Time to tackle tight ends. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, Thursday, August 10th. Running backs and wide receivers coming at you next week. I am Adam Azer. I've got Dave Richard here. What up, Dave? Preseason football's arrived, and so has the Kelvin Benjamin hype train. Woo! Jamie Eisenberg, what's up? Are we still saved by Le'Veon Bell? Uh, we haven't, <laughs> we have not had that. We're waiting for Le'Veon Bell to just come back and sign a contract to play football at this point. Yeah, maybe the running backs preview. Heath Cummings, what's up? Really excited to get a good look at Tom Savage last night. You know what, man? I, t- I was texting Jamie last night. I'm gonna make a bold statement. I believe it. Christian McCaffrey's gonna be a superstar. He's gonna be awesome. God, you lie. What? What did I say? We weren't texting. We were IMing? We were IMing. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Get your facts straight, bud. <laughs> Were you guys on WhatsApp? No, we're we were snapping on each other. G chat, G chat, okay. G-chat. I thought Christian McCaffrey's uh, inside run was nice, and I liked the usage that they were doing a lot of different things with him, which I don't even think is close to what they're going to do with him. Right, exactly. And you know what? Tomorrow we're going to talk more about preseason football because we've got some games tonight. So that'll be on the Friday show. But this is your tight end preview. And let me start with this. I asked you this question for quarterbacks, and the answer was somewhere between seventeen and twenty quarterbacks. Now with tight ends, how many tight ends are you comfortable with as your starter? One. <laughs> the number seems to be shrinking. Um, it ten. used to be 12. Ten for Jamie. I'll say nine. Uh, Thirteen. Oh, okay, thirteen. So Jamie, ten for you is Jack Doyle. Dave, Heath for you is Hunter Henry. And thirteen for Heath is Martellus Bennett. Okay, so Eric Ebron, are you guys comfortable with him as a starter? Right now, yes. If we get to week three and he's still banged up, then no. If I have to, yes. Yeah, he's he's the. I guess I'd say I'm comfortable with thirteen. He's the cutoff for me. All right, so that ten, means, ten I would want to start. Thirteen would be Ebron. That means Martellus Bennett, Delaney Walker, and Eric Ebron for Jamie don't necessarily want to start, but comfortable with them as fallback options, and we'll get more into it. We'll look at average draft position. In fact, Bennett and Delaney Walker are going earlier in average draft position on Fantasy Pros than uh, what you'd see in in our rankings and what these three guys are willing to do with uh, Martellus Bennett and Delaney Walker. Okay, here's here's a weird tight end stat. You look at the last four years. Here's what the number 12 tight end scored in the last four seasons in standard scoring leagues. 81, 80, 81, and 80 fantasy points. Weird. Remarkably consistent. Uh, so about 80 fantasy points to be the number 12 tight end in standard. And in that same span in PPR, 133, 136, 141, and 140. So whereas, you know, last year was a down year for quarterbacks, but overall over the last five years, the trend is the number 12 quarterback had gotten better and better and better. It's not like that with tight end. And, uh, I don't know. Are you expecting a good year for tight ends, a normal year? Like, what are you expecting from the position in general? I expect that the number 12 tight end is going to score between 80 and 81 fantasy points <laughs> in a standard league. I yeah. think overall the position will be better. I don't know if that necessarily means the fantasy production will be more. You're probably going to get a lot of guys in the 10 to maybe 20 range that are going to be competing for that 
80 fantasy point total. Because I think one of the rookies could have a chance to be good. You have some situations that are, I, I think, promising. Like, for example, Sean McVay has been very good with tight ends and with the Redskins. Granted, he had a very good one in Jordan Reed. But he takes his system now to Los Angeles where the Rams have a, you know, two young guys that have the chance to be, you know, potential contributors. Uh, maybe we get a, I guess, maybe hopefully we get a healthy Eric Ebron. You know, there, there are guys that, um, can, can put themselves in, in a good range, but to, I don't know if any of these guys take that huge leap to becoming top five options. Somebody probably will, mm-hmm. like Kyle Rudolph last year, but I don't know if it's necessarily something you could peg going into season. Like if I had to pick somebody, I would say Jack Doyle just because of his situation. So what's your general strategy? Because, you know, it's still every year, Gronkowski's so much better than the rest of the position, but he's got this back injury. He's back now. He's, he looks good so far. The reports are good, but of course there's a risk. What is your general tight end strategy? Let me start with Dave. First of all, I think it's important to know how many tight ends you're comfortable with, comfortable with, uh, starting in fantasy. I think it's just one of those things you have to figure out before draft day. So I like that that was your first question to us, Adam. And because there's nine for me, I'm going to try and get one of those nine, but I'm going to resign myself to getting one at at the very least a fair value, not necessarily a steal. If you don't really care who your tight end is, then you should wait till your third to last pick to take one. Hope that Ebron somehow slips that far. If not, you can get a guy to stream with. But for me, my strategy is to get one at a fair value. It'll probably be somebody in that Tyler Eifert, Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry range, and it'll probably happen around round seven through eight. Twelve team league. Okay, Heath, how about yep. you? Your tight end strategy? Well, I end up drafting Greg Olson a lot when he falls to the fifth round. I guess that's about as close as a positional strategy as I would get at tight end. That's a good value. Well, I mean, you could say I'm not drafting Gronkowski, or I do want one of the yeah, elites. But you know me. I don't. I don't go into a draft like that. Like I don't have nips. But you had a quarterback strategy. When you have, there are twenty quarterbacks that you like. So your quarterback strategy is like you're not going to reach, and but I but right well I'm not going to reach for any position. But I might reach for tight end. I will take Gronk sometimes in the second round. I've taken Kelsey in the third or fourth round. I take Greg Olson in the fifth round. I, I I'm sorry. I I'm just not good at this question. That's all right. I don't know why you're apologizing. I no, don't have fine. a specific strategy for positions. Well, when do you when do you so, okay, I guess what I would say is that, because I'm like you, I would take Gronkowski sometimes in the second round. I have to be sitting there going, gosh, I really just don't love the running backs or wide receivers right now. I, somebody who I liked went before. I'm not, I'm just, I don't want to take uh, Todd Gurley with the second to last pick of round two. Now I'll take Gronkowski. Or I don't want to, I don't really feel it with Alshon Jeffrey or something. Maybe now I'll take Jordan Reed or Travis Kelsey. Just giving examples. You know, that's I guess what I would say. When I'm just not really liking the options at running back and receiver, okay, now let's take a look at tight end. Do you do you feel that way? Sure, yes. I like to take a tight end when he's fallen too far and it's he's a good value. You're looking for that good value at tight end. And you can afford to do that because you, Heath Cummings, senior, believe that there are 13 good startable tight ends. Sometimes that means I take Eric Ebron in the 11th round. Yeah, right. okay. I guess I'm just saying that the counterpoint is like, it would, it would sound dumb to be like, yeah, reach. We, of course we like good values at every position, but tight end I do think is a position that you should, or no, you could reach for. Because unlike quarterback, it's not that deep. 
And Gronkowski is so much better than everybody else. So, Jamie, what is your strategy at tight end? I mean, I, I typically end up taking the group of Rudolph, Eifert, Ertz, Henry, and Doyle. So I usually don't take one of the top five guys. I will take Gronk at the end of the second. I will take Kelsey if I'm picking at the end of uh, end of the first round. He's usually there at the at the turn at the three four turn. So I've done that in a couple of leagues, but for the most part, I, I don't take Jordan Reed. I don't take Greg Olson. I don't take Jimmy Graham just because of typically where they are and where where I've been drafting. So um, it's either usually Gronk two, Kelsey end of three, beginning four, and then usually wait till that next group because I think the value for I don't know Eifert because he kind of toes the line. His ADP is a little bit higher than I think where he's been going. But I think that group of Rudolph, Eifert, Ertz, Henry, and uh, and Doyle, specifically Doyle because his ADP last time I checked was 112th overall, uh, I'll take that potential all day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for me, it was always Hunter Henry that I ended up with in, in drafts. He scored a lot of touchdowns last year but did not have a lot of targets, and it's risky. But every single year, it's the same with tight end. I mean, it's just, it's a crappy position. So, Gronkowski is a great player to own. And let me ask you this. If, if I could guarantee you 16 games of Gronk, when would you draft him? I just want to know how you feel about him without the injury concerns, which are the biggest concerns. If I could guarantee you 16 games, when would you draft Rob Gronkowski? Seventh overall. Seventh? Yep. I was going to say nine in standard, eighth in PPR. I would still take some of those non-top three receivers ahead of him because I think they've got the potential for 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. But, but I, he has the potential 16 games for 1,100 and 12. And like 12. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is— But 1,510 is more than 1,112. <laughs> right, but 1,510 from that position where you're probably getting, let's say, I don't know— we're splitting point. hairs. No, you're not. You're not getting somebody in the second round like Gronk. You are, I'm not. You are getting I'm not taking him in the second round. But what I'm saying is, if you if you take Gronk seven through, you, you, let's just say your cutoff. I, let's, I, let's my say your, cutoff is probably nine. Okay, so nine or ten. I think so, I'm taking Evans and AJ Green ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's just say it's those two guys. Those two guys at fifteen hundred and ten versus Gronk at what eleven hundred twelve. That's what you said. Okay, so eleven hundred twelve. You're not getting a tight end like that anywhere in your draft, and you're probably not getting somebody like that in the second round. Whereas there is the chance, because we've seen it, maybe it's Baldwin, maybe it's Cooper, maybe it's Hilton falling now because of luck. Jordy, you know, could could still be there at, at that point in the second round. I, I I would just view it as there's there's a better chance of, if again, it's it's, it's contingent on the guarantee of Gronk. Yeah, it's of all course. hypothetical. This games. entire conversation right. is so is that's a what that, if. that's what it is. But why wouldn't you then take him at four? Because I I do think that the chance of Julio Odell and Antonio Brown, from what we've seen, can be just as good as Gronk at at their respective positions. He's a, he's he is a back of the first round pick if you're guaranteeing 16 games. Well, I will tell you this: that Gronkowski played 15 games in 2014 and 2015. He was the number one tight end both years. He had very similar fantasy production, and he was right around number nine or number ten at wide receiver those two years. If you had taken his his points, so obviously he's a stud. All right. Um, what the holy hell is this? Dave just got attacked by a bug while you were It's really? still alive. <laughs> so I'm finishing up my spiel on Gronk, and Jamie points to my shoulder. So I <laughs> touch my shoulder, and I feel something on my shoulder. I'm going to take a picture of this guy. It looks like a miniature, like, I don't know what. And then it falls on the table in front of Jamie, and Jamie crumples it in a piece of paper. 
<laughs> There's been a murder on the podcast, Adam. <laughs> okay. Look at this little – this thing was on my shoulder? What is it? Uh, we we look forward to the picture. Tweet it out. Uh, how does your – does your strategy change at all in half-point PPR or, or half PPR or full PPR leagues at tight end? Kelsey becomes a little bit more relevant because his lack of touchdowns doesn't hurt him as much in this format. Same thing with Ertz, same thing with Rudolph. So, I mean, I think it's like anything. You're going you're gonna to push up the receiving element of guys that mm-hmm. that benefits a little bit higher. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about drafting two tight ends? I Really gross. I think in some cases you have to do How that. deep yes, is the league? But I still feel gross. It's a 12-team, 15-round league. Probably not going to do it. Okay. I, I would absolutely do it if I draft Reed or Eifert and maybe even Gronk. Maybe Gronk. How do you feel about taking Gronk and Dwayne Allen? That might be the move that I make if I draft Gronk. But it's really only worked out once. When? Last year? But, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you had to spend a pick higher than your very I last would pick. Guess you can literally get Dwayne Allen with the last pick in your draft. The no odds are you're going to drop Dwayne Allen before Gronk gets hurt anyway. Yeah. Very true. So you could just pick him up off the waiver wire when Gronk gets hurt. Hopefully you can. Uh, well, that's the thing, though. That's the race. Right. That's why. Right. You're, but you're not going to hold him. I mean, how long are you going to hold him? But it's but until you have a bye week. Okay. But what more? How about this? What about taking Heath? What about taking Hunter Henry and Eric Ebron with late picks and just hoping one of these guys breaks out? I don't want to do that in a 15 round draft. Okay. There's there's too much available on the waiver wire. I'm, I'm probably going to end up dropping one of those guys in the first three weeks because of whoever the hot new pickup is. And here's the other thing about Gronk, and I'm just totally thinking of this off the top of my head. I believe there's only been twice in his injury history where he's been put on injured reserve, right? When he tore his ACL so. and then last year with the back. Yeah, that sounds right. There might be one other time. Are there any rookie tight ends that are worth drafting? I mean, the O.J. Howard's ADP is a little bit ridiculous. What is it? He's like the 13th tight end off the board. They're hyping him up in Tampa Bay. Well, he's going to – if they show the plays that he's made, he's made a couple splash plays in practice. If they show it on hard knocks, then I think he's going to uh, uh, probably have his ADP rise a little bit, uh, even more. But, look, Najoku's got an opportunity. I don't even I couldn't even tell you the guy who they said is the starter right now for the Browns. Seth DeValve? No. Okay. Um, it, it's uh, somebody else with Hugh Jackson was praising his blocking. The other day, he's first on their unofficial. Njoku's really struggled, right? He's had some issues holding onto the ball, whether it's been drops or fumbles. Um, Ingram, you know, it's he's kind of uh, had a little bit of a roller coaster in terms of his, uh, I think, positive negative reports. But the the Shepard injury, I think, kind of boosted up his potential value a little bit because of the opportunity to catch those passes over the middle of the field. Are you drafting any of these guys? Howard no. is the 13th no. guy off the board. Jamie I, I, was talking about Randall Telfer. Yeah, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I drafted Randall. I drafted Howard in one of our, our early magazine leagues, uh, another magazine that I did. And I've since, um, because a lot a lot of teams, not a lot of teams, but it was a deep deep draft. A few teams took two tight ends. So I've since gone and picked up C.J. Fedorowicz to have as a you know sort of backup option. So I'll be streaming that position most likely, but um, that's really the only case where I've drafted Howard. Okay, fair enough. So we got a lot more to get oh, to. I'm sorry, in, in, in Dynasty. Fill in the blank. Uh, tweets. I, I'm trying. You know, I was doing the research last night on all these tight ends and trying to figure out a reason not to like Travis Kelsey just because I haven't been drafting him and I, for whatever reason I don't want to draft him. I cannot find a reason. So I asked 
the listeners. Well, it's a lack of touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that. But but he only scored four touchdowns. Doesn't mean it's going to happen again. But I asked the listeners, you know, what, if anything, concerns you about Kelsey? And I'll tell you what our listeners said. I do want to talk to you, though, about Sundays during football season and a better way to enjoy fantasy. Look, I've got so many devices going on during the day on Sunday, and it's hard for me to keep track of my leagues and my stats. I just want to put my fantasy stats and my scores on my TV, and I can do that now with Xfinity X1. Xfinity X1. Go to Xfinity, X-F-I-N-I-T-Y dot com slash X1. Again, that's Xfinity dot com slash X1. So with this feature, you can now get live CBS Sports fantasy football stats in the same place you can watch your live games. You don't have to worry about missing plays because you're looking up your fantasy scores on your phone, and then you'd be missing a great moment on TV. Keep track of both all on the same screen. You're going to get a voice remote. You speak into the remote, and you can see your CBS Sports fantasy football matchup live. You're also going to get weekly projections and roster trends. All right there on your TV. It's very cool, very exciting. It's called Xfinity X1. I'll be telling you more about this in subsequent shows. Go to Xfinity.com slash X1. Xfinity.com slash X1. I think you fantasy football fans are going to really like it. Fill in the blank. Out of $100, I would pay blank for Rob Gronkowski. 15? I might go higher. Yeah, that seems... I might also. I'm just throwing out a number. Yeah. Would you go 20? 22. 20 maybe? Okay. About 20. I think if you want to get him, you better be prepared to go 22. Out of $100, I would pay blank for Travis Kelsey. Well, I mean, $12. He's got, he's got a nickname. $12 Travis. <laughs> I guess I'm not getting Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'd go 9 bucks. Out of $100, I would pay blank for Jimmy Graham. 6. Uh, I'll bid 7. <laughs> I'm getting Jimmy Graham, I guess. How much for Hunter Henry, Jamie? Three dollars. Two. Okay, so I hope that puts things in perspective a little bit. Favorite sleeper tight end is blank. Is it depends where you consider Doyle? I, I think he's more of a breakout candidate based on where he finished last year. But um, I'll say Julius Thomas. Really? I don't know if I've got a favorite sleeper tight end. Higby could fit the bill. I've liked I liked him coming out last year. I knew he wasn't going to be good last year, but he, I, I could see the Rams running a lot of two tight end formations because they just don't have a lot at wide receiver. They may have more than we think. I will say the smart hat. I'm going to go completely off the reservation and throw a dart at Xavier Grimble. Smart hat would be who no one will draft. Smart hat would be C.J. Fedorowicz, uh, by the way. Tom Savage did not look like he was going uh, any less. Qualified at checking down in his first preseason game. Is he going to be the starter? Looks very adept at checking down. He's going to be a starter for first seven games. Okay, so sleeper tight ends are for deeper leagues, really. I guess. How about breakout tight ends? Who, is, who are your favorite breakout tight ends this year? Ebron, Doyle. I think Hunter Henry's going to get the same targets that Gates yeah. got last year, but do more with it. it all he's do is the same. Yeah, I, I'm. That still say puts Henry. him at 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 the same amount of touchdowns, more catches, more yards. Okay, so Hunter Henry, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron. I know this guy's not a breakout, but I'm getting I'm getting excited about Jimmy Graham. I guess he'd be in a bounce back category. Why? He was a top five guy last year. But but he's he a really good guy. He didn't really good. like put up huge numbers. He, You're expecting him to be the Graham of New Orleans again? No, definitely somewhere in between last year. Well, 923 yards is 
is pretty good. Um, second best, second best total of his career. I guess I could see more touchdowns then. I could see like, I, I could see him having just like a huge year. He was good last year, but it was kind of a down year for, for the elite tight ends. Uh, I, I think I'm excited about Graham where he was pretty inconsistent last year. I think he could have a better season. What do you guys think? Oh, Russell Wilson's, uh, number, my number four quarterback now. So yes, I'm with you. Cool. Yeah. Wilson's in great shape. Good stuff. Uh, oh, well, we'll talk about everybody. And who's going to be a bust this year? Uh, I, I mean, I, ADP, ADP will tell you, uh, I, I mean, for me, it's telling you Walker. I don't think Greg Olson can hit a thousand and six again between the new offense that's getting installed. I think he'll fall short of that. Yeah. It's funny. Either Cam's going to be a monster because if Kelvin's in shape and Olson still does what he does and Funches has more playing time and is another big target for him with Samuel and, and McCaffrey catch passes. Cam could be a, a, a beast, but there are a lot of mouths to feed in an offense that doesn't typically feed a lot of mouths. So, yeah, maybe Olsen all of his rush up. attempts turn into more throws. Could be. Um, well, I, I mean, that's the theory. I would say I'd stick with Delaney Walker. I am inching him up in my rankings the longer that Corey Davis stays hurt. Really? Because I mean, he, he had a downturn last year with just Rashard Matthews being there. Yeah, I know, but I don't, I'm not as sold on Eric Decker going back to his prime. This year, and so if Corey Davis is slow getting at, put into the offense, Walker could still have a good start to the season. But he scored seven touchdowns last year. Yeah, right. Sixty-five Walker. catches, eight hundred yards, seven touchdowns. He's thirty-three years old. See, I could see him same catches, same yards, two touchdowns less. Which I don't think it is. What's his his ADP? The ninth tight end. It depends. His overall is lower than the his ranking. Oh, so it's one of those. Really He's the seventh <laughs> tight end. So it's Gronkowski, Kelsey, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert, and then Delaney Walker. Okay, so, I'll stick with him a bust at the seven. At the seventh, I had him I dropped him down to thirteenth, and I've I've bumped him back up to twelfth, and I could see him getting close to my top ten. I also think Bennett, based on his ADP, is bust potential. Yeah, because last year he had career highs, I believe, in Catches and yards, something like that. Matches career high and something. I don't remember exactly what it was. I have it in front of me. But he's just never been a consistent producer, as we know, over the course of a season. No, never. I I don't get he's Martellus Bennett's been a pretty overrated player. Now I guess you could say two years ago Richard Rogers had a big year as the Packers tight end, but that was what it wasn't consistent though. Yeah, but it was out without Jordy Nelson too. So And the other part of it is like, you know, people look at it and say, Wow, Jared Cook was a big contributor in the playoffs. It was with Randall Cobb banged up, and Jordy got banged up one of those games. Jordy Jordy missed one and a half games. You know, he missed the Cowboys game, and he he left early in the Giants game. So, uh, yeah, that that's got to be a big reason why Jared Cook, who only had 377 yards and one touchdown in the regular season, but well, he was he was hurt bit. though part. Yeah, of that I know, but even when he was healthy, he didn't do much. And he took off in the playoffs, had a huge postseason. So Martellus Bennett, I was surprised to see in average draft position Delaney Walker seven, Martellus Bennett eight. They're going ahead of Kyle Rudolph, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz. This is standard scoring. Uh, Jack Doyle, and then O.J. Howard, Eric Ebron. Uh, I guess we could take a look at ADP, but I did just want to spend a little bit of time on, on Travis Kelsey. And first, I got a couple of tweets. First, our, our tweet from Anthony. This is, should be helpful for everybody. Anthony wants to know, where can I find one of your 2017 Fantasy Draft magazines? On Amazon. Yeah. Go right to Amazon.com. Type I, in CBS Fantasy Football Magazine, and it'll get delivered to your door. I have the tweet pinned on my Twitter account, so you can see it where the Amazon link is. Yeah, and cool uh, I think they're in a lot of grocery stores, too. Yeah, 
Depends where you live, though. You may not find it. All right, so Amazon's probably your best bet. Amazon's taking over the world, and they sell well, our magazine. The other thing I'll tell people is there's three different covers. So if you go in because you've seen the Zeke cover that we've tweeted out and you live in a different region, it could have David Johnson on it, could have Le'Veon Bell on it. Aren't I on one of the covers? No. Oh. No, we actually wanted to sell it. <laughs> Limited release. <laughs> and then my tweet was, I am looking for reasons to avoid Travis Kelsey this year, and I just can't find one. What, if anything, concerns you about Kelsey? And here were some of the tweets. Alex Smith, the reality TV love show. He clearly picked the wrong girl in catching Kelsey. That alone puts up red flags about his fantasy production. Dot, 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 and Alex Smith. He's from Cleveland. Lack of touchdowns. His his draft price. And he's a chief. And I'm pretty sure you just bonanzaed him. So <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> I, people are concerned about paying, you know, late third round for Travis Kelsey in a 12-team league. Actually, let me take a look at what his actual ADP I'm surprised is. nobody mentioned the fact that he's coming off shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. And has a knee issue that's flaring up on him. Mm-hmm. 37th overall, so late round three, early round four for Kelsey. But he is really good. He finished as the number one tight end last year. Again, it was a down year for tight ends. He wouldn't have been that good. Uh, the, the pre, you know, if he had finished with that amount of fantasy points in 2015, he would have been like number three or four. Or actually, no, he would have been number six. But 2015 was a great year for tight ends. I'm rambling. Uh, what's the, what's the downside to Travis Kelsey? 1100 yards, four touchdowns on 85 catches last year. Uh, injury is the only way I see that he's a disappointment. Cause you would, you would anticipate maybe one more touchdown, a few more catches, mm-hmm. a few more yards. The, the nice thing about it though is the four games that Jeremy Macklin missed, three of those, he was an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. He's the number one receiver in Kansas City. Oh, it's not close. And you could talk all about Tyreek Hill and how great he could be. Travis Kelsey is the guy there. And Andy Reid basically said as much. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it, it is the lack of touchdowns. You know, it's, it's the one position that you are very touchdown dependent and he does not do that. It's, it's the same knock we have on Zach Ertz except Kelsey's just better than Zach Ertz. Right. The only, the only argument I'd give that is he's shown us he can be a top three or four guy without the touchdowns. If he ever gets them in a year, whew. Yeah. yeah. He's also trending in the right direction for fantasy. Uh, two years ago, he only had six games with the type of fantasy points that you're looking for, eight or more. Last year, he had eight games with eight or more. So better consistency rate, and he also averaged more fantasy points per game year over year. So he's going in the right direction. We've already said he's the number one receiver in this offense. I think that that's very true. When you draft a tight end, you'd like to have somebody who you can feel confident can finish at least in the top five. Kelsey in top five, I think that's a no-brainer as we sit here right now. Sure. I mean, of the top five guys that we talk about, they're getting drafted that way. Gronk, Reed, Kelsey, mm-hmm. Graham, and Olsen. Really the only one that scares you of that group should be Reed. Because of the injuries. I guess Gronk too, but, but you I, know what the upside is. With to me, guys. Reed is a little scarier. Even though they both are injury prone, I just feel Sure, like, well, I mean, Reed's hurt now. Right. That's probably playing into it. At least 60 catches, at least 850 yards, at least four touchdowns each of the last three seasons for Travis Kelsey. I love Reed's average draft position right now. I don't see him going this late when we do drafts on CBS with with our guys. But 54th overall as the number four tight end, six picks after Greg Olson, uh, but 17 picks after Travis Kelsey. Reed is very injury prone, but buy or sell or agree or disagree – Jordan Reed is better than Travis Kelsey for fantasy on a per-game basis. This year? Uh, uh, he absolutely is. Take a look at 
what he's done on this, a per game. Yeah, but sure. this year will he be on a per game basis better than Kelsey? If you go back to your Gronk guaranteeing 16 games for Jordan Reed, yes, he will be better than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. All right. I think he will be in a standard league. I'm not sure in a PPR league. Okay. Yeah, so fifth fifth round, 54th overall for for Jordan Reed, I thought was was a little later than uh, I expected to see an average draft position. Does anybody have Reed ahead of Kelsey in their rankings? No. No. Okay, Kelsey is the consensus number two. And I guess uh, I guess we could just get into average draft position. You guys tell me what you think is good value and bad value after I tell you about something very important, home security and Simply Safe. Last year I was actually looking into home security systems. They can be expensive. They're important though, but they can be a real hassle. You got to check out Simply Safe. It is a great option. Simply with an I, Simply Safe. A lot of us get excited for summer because it means going on vacation. You know, it gets a burglar excited for summer knowing you're going to leave your house empty. So now is the time to protect your home. For a limited time, you can take take a whopping $100 off Simply Safe Home Security's special summer package. Simply Safe has everything you need to protect your home. There are no long-term contracts, no installation costs, and no hidden fees. That's really, really unique. And Simply Safe's 24-7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. So get $100 off your summer security package at simplysafe.com slash FFT. The sale ends soon. Simplysafe.com slash FFT for 100 bucks off. What's already a great deal, 100 bucks off again. Simplysafe.com slash FFT. You ever had your house broken into? Luckily, no. Car, yes. House, no. You, though, have had an experience like that, right? I had my my uh, my mom's house broken into after she died, yeah. <laughs> which was awful. Oh, I remember it's a very, uh, very sickening feeling when you walk into a house that has had somebody else in it when there's glass smashed everywhere and stuff thrown about. Uh, it happened to one of my neighbors when I was a kid. I'll never forget it. And then what happened to, uh, to me was just, it's like, it's, it's, it's like terrifying and sickening all at the same time. It's yeah. happened to a colleague of ours multiple times. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, when I was a kid, my grandmother had her apartment broken into and uh yeah unnerving stuff mm-hmm. can, we, can we go back to talking about fantasy yeah but again now? the url simply safe s-i-m-p-l-i believe me it's worth it safe.com slash f-f-t for the offer and thank you yeah it is worth it um all right adp review so here we go comprehensive breakdown here rob gronkowski 21st overall good bad normal what do you think 21st overall for gronk I'm Good. fine with it. Yep. Because if you play 16 games, you you are in great shape. Yep, it's fine. Gronk or Gurley? Gronk. 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 Gronk or Amari Cooper? Gronk standard, Cooper PPR. Cooper for uh, for at least another week. <laughs> okay. Uh, last one, Rob Gronkowski or Aaron Rodgers? Gronk. Gronk, easy. Gronk, yeah. That was an easy one for us. ADP, not ADP. Would, not would tell you otherwise, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the second tight end off the board is 16 picks later, Travis Kelsey, 37th overall in a 12-team league. That's the end of round three, beginning of round four right there on the turn. And I guess what's really interesting about Kelsey, 37th overall, is there, really, there are a lot of really good players still on the board there, probably at wide receiver especially. But what do you think about Kelsey, 37th overall? I'm fine with it. If you're picking 37th overall, that means you've, in a snake draft, you've got the last pick and then the next pick after. And one of those two picks should be Kelsey because he's not going to make it back to you if you want to, if you want to have 
a premier tight end at one of those top three, top five types of guys. Yep. I've done it usually when I, when I've taken him there, it's been PPR leagues and it's been going receiver, receiver. Can I, can I just say one quick thing? The point of taking one of these tight ends early is to get a player at that position who performs, uh, you want to win that spot every rate. week. Hmm? You want to win that spot every week. Yep. And the, the give and take from that is that you should expect to have a lesser RB2 or wide receiver two or wide receiver three in exchange for having that edge at tight end. Mm-hmm. The good news is, is that it's easy to try and find a wide receiver two or three during the season. It's okay. You might be able to find a running back two during the season as well. So you can recover from it, not necessarily on draft day, but after that. If you're, if you're a passive owner, you don't like to work the waiver wire, then I don't, I don't know if it'll work out great for you, but if you're aggressive, you pay attention to your fantasy league all the time, it should be just another reason why you go after a tight end with a I, top 40 pick. I think that's a great point to make, and I don't think we make that point enough this time of season because we spend so much time talking about how important the draft is. And like Adam, you brought it up with the quarterback preview, you know, how we, you know, say when people are trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and, you know, we're telling them that those trades are worth it at the time. And, and you kind of brought this up with the tight ends that Keith, you said it also with like Dwayne Allen's going to be a guy that you, you end up cutting. Right. You're going to cut, what would you say? At least 40% of your roster? Yeah. I was thinking a third. 30% yeah. of your roster? I mean, there, there are going to be so many guys you end up drafting that are going to be gone by week three, by week four. If you have the chance to lock up one of these guys that you feel can just be on your roster, it makes it easier than streaming. And most likely, like Dave just alluded to, you're going to pick up a guy that could be a starting receiver for you or a starting running back for you. It's going to happen throughout your league with multiple owners. There is a flip side to that, of course, and that is if you – if you pay attention and you miss on those tight ends, you can still go and find one off the waiver wire during the year. Well, but that's the we thing. did that last year with it's Kyle not, Rudolph, Cameron Brait. Yeah, but it's not a great position for streaming, right? I mean, it is if you just want like five points. It's hard to find greatness. Um, well, the target should be seven points, not five. And I'm serious. Right, that seven points for a tight end in fantasy non PPR is yeah. good. That's it good. is good, but it's not easy to get that just from streaming. Streaming tight ends can be very frustrating. It's not a good position. That's the appeal of taking Kelsey and, and Gronk and winning the winning the week every week, as Jamie. Well, or Dave or, said. or Reed or Graham or Olsen. yeah, yeah, sure. Um, now let me ask you this: If you take a tight end with one of your first three or four picks, does that eliminate you from also taking a quarterback with one of your first three or four picks? It doesn't eliminate it, but it makes it a lot more difficult to pull off unless you're in a ten-team league. If you're in a ten or an eight-team league, then I think you probably should do that. But in a 12-team or especially in a 14-team league, it it raises the degree of difficulty for the entire process. Okay, yeah, it's just something to it's something to keep in mind. You you really might be struggling if you spend two of your first four picks on a quarterback and a tight end. You might be struggling at the other positions. The one place I do like to do that though is when you're at the turn. Yeah, because I kind of feel like you have to spend a lot of time at the back end of the draft reaching anyway. You're just getting the guys you want because you know. You're not getting anybody in the next 25 picks. So we're doing a draft today. I think you're picking 11th. As usual, 11 or 12. <laughs> you want to switch? We can switch. No. <laughs> yes, that's correct. 11. So you will probably, just based on where he's going, that 4-5 swing, if, let's say, Breeze and Olsen are available to you. The 3-4 swing is what I'll have. The 3-4 swing. So if I can get Kelsey and Brady, I might do it. 
Okay, the five six swing, Olsen and Breeze. I'd love it. Would we'll love it. I don't think they'll be there, but I would love that. Yeah, I have a hard time believing those two will make it back in. Olsen should be there. He could. I don't know if Breeze is going to be there. No, but there's what's, a chance. What's Olsen's ADP now? It's it's higher than what, where he goes in all of our. Forty eighth, forty eighth overall, into the fourth, mm-hmm. end of the fourth. That's a full round later. Well, yeah, and let's keep let's keep going then because Kelsey's thirty seventh, Greg Olsen's forty eighth overall is the number three tight end off the board. So would you would you do it with Olsen in the fourth, early fourth? Uh, I I probably I probably won't. Because if Kelsey's gone, there's probably a receiver there that I'm fine with. Yep. Greg Olson's been a top six tight end five straight years in both formats. He's been top four. He's been about four or five most years. Last year he was second in standard, third in PPR. He's very, very consistent. 80 catches, 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards, but never more. I don't think he's ever had more than eight touchdowns in a year. Maybe not more than seven. He he just we don't expect three touchdowns. That was very low last year. We expect six probably from Greg Olson. Very yep. reliable. Um, do you guys see downside? He's the high guy in Greg Olson. He is the third tight end off the board according to ADP. Dave and Jamie, do you see downside? Do you worry about Olson at his age, entering his eleventh season, more mouse defeat? Like, what do you think? I think he'll score five. Touchdowns would be the number I would put in. I'd say he's probably around 800 yards. I think there is a little bit of Ooh. a downturn coming for him because, as as you saw last night in in the Wednesday night preseason game, there is a chance that Kelvin Benjamin could still be a 10 touchdown guy, as we saw his rookie season. There is a chance Devin Funches could still be a six to eight touchdown guy, and then you factor in Samuel and McCaffrey. Cam still running a little bit. I don't see this offense turning into the Patriots or the Packers or the Saints. So they're still going to be kind of in the same amount of points that they score with Stewart getting a few rushing touchdowns, same with McCaffrey. So somebody has to suffer a little bit. And I think it's just Olsen by the nature of getting a year older. We saw it happen to Jason Witten. You know, the, these these guys, they they just get to a point in their careers where it's happening to Antonio Gates. You know, now Gates right. is, is, he's, is he's five years called getting old. Huh? He's five years younger than those guys. But not at the time when they, you know, like Gates is very touchdown dependent. But right. Witten, you saw it five years ago. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we're a guy I, that wasn't touchdown dependent, where he started to, you know, slow down a little bit. And so, um, I, I think it's part of the reason why the Panthers may may or may not have paid him yet. You know, he's he's there was a potential threat of a holdout. So he's still very good. He's 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 the safety net for me of of the position. But I don't know if everybody plays to their level of the four guys that I have ranked ahead of him: Graham, Kelsey, Reed, and Gronk. I don't think he's better than those guys. After their week seven bye, Greg Olson had one game with double digits and fantasy points and another two games with eight fantasy points. Everything else was five or fewer. But the touchdowns fell off the map for him, though. That's not going to happen again. Happened in the second half of last season. Yeah. Yeah. It last eight games, no touchdowns for Olson. So let's go to four, five, and six in, in tight end average draft position. Really interesting spot in the draft, in my opinion. Jordan Reed, 54th overall. That's round five in a 12 team league. Jimmy Graham, 62nd overall, the beginning of round six. Tyler Eifert, 69th overall. Eifert is the uh, sixth tight end off the board. So Reed, round five. Jimmy Graham, round six. Tyler Eifert, later round six. Wh- what do you think about that group of three? Tons of upside. Tons of touchdown potential. You know the risks involved with all three of these guys. All three of them are going to be viewed as injury risks. Reed is already banged up. Graham still? That's what I was going to get. I don't think he's injured. I don't know if he's quite as injury prone as the other two, for sure. No, but just Graham, in general, I don't Graham, think he is. Graham had the devastating injury 
But the fact that he bounced back from it, had yeah. the year that he had last year. Amazing. You you talked about the Pro Bowl days. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm kind of convinced. I uh actually uh this this happened to a couple of things that I've done in the offseason. You had it with him at the Pro Bowl. How these stories seem to be coming to light. Well, we we wrote about right. them yep. in in February. Yep. Um he he's going to be able to practice. He's going to be able to you know hopefully be a little bit more free with his you know routine and and yep. and being back to the level of guy that that we know he's capable of and coming off of the year that he had. That would be the hope is that he builds off of it. The problem is, is that he's not in an offense that typically will allow guys to build off of it. It's same like the, the, the Panthers. I don't think the Seahawks are like, I don't think Doug Baldwin takes a leap. I think just Doug Baldwin's good and he's going to stay in the range that he's in. Jimmy Graham's probably going to stay in the range that he's in. You know, maybe he gets another touchdown or two. Maybe he can get above a thousand yards, but, um, I don't know how dramatically better he gets because you remember the first year, the start of the first year that he was with Russell Wilson in Seattle. It wasn't great. Yeah. Can I nerd out on you for, for a minute here? Hit me with it. Me? Can you do it in the nerd voice? Yeah, uh, here we go. <laughs> there were only three tight ends last year that had six or more games with 10 plus fantasy points. You'd be pleased to know that Delaney Walker was one, Travis Kelsey was one, and James Graham, Ooh. we're going to get professional here, was also one. Nice. And it's I will... also, it is, uh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, Acer, it's sorry. also worth noting, that Jimmy Graham averaged two tenths of a point less than the number two tight end in fantasy. That would be Gregory Olson. Okay. So I I feel as though you are getting yourself the niftiest of bargains by getting Jimmy Graham at his current position of draft average. I got to be honest with you. I like the ADP. Tell me if you agree or disagree. I like the values here for Reed, fifty fourth overall. Graham, sixty second. And maybe even Tyler Eifert. If you take Tyler Eifert, he's just very injury prone. But the last two seasons, if you had if he had played 16 games, he would have been number two in standard, number five in PPR both years. Now that's, Andy Dalton loves him. Yeah, it's not necessarily on a per game basis because it doesn't assume everybody plays 16 games, but it just shows you how good Eifert's been in limited time. And one thing that I'm finding this year, the reason why I, I usually didn't take a mid round tight end was because there was always running backs and wide receivers, specifically running backs that I wanted in those rounds. And I felt like the position at running back got really, like fell off a cliff after the mid-rounds. But as of now, I feel much better about the round seven, round eight running backs than I ever have in the past. If I can get, based on ADP, if I can get Amir Abdullah and Eddie Lacy and Doug Martin, Bilal Powell, Frank Gore, Paul Perkins, after this group of tight ends, that makes me a little more willing to invest a fifth or sixth round pick in a tight end and specifically Reed, Graham, and, and Eifert would be there. Make sense? My issue, I like Reed's ADP fine. I think he's in an appropriate place. I, I like Graham's okay. I think that's fine. Eifert, I view on a different level than those guys. I think he's more in the Rudolph Ertz grouping, and he's just going so much sooner than the other two that I don't know why I would draft Eifert. Totally fair. It, totally. It's fair. probably the same thing of, if he plays X amount of games. Right. He the, might, he might be as good as Kyle Rudolph was last year. No, he, he might, or, no, he might be a lot better than that. Like Tyler Eifert is post type breakout. I mean, we post type sleeper. Like, are we just waiting for Tyler Eifert to stay healthy and become one of the best tight ends it, in football? I guess though, if you think it's that clear that all he has to do is play 16 games and you're willing to draft him as the number six tight end because of that, then you should be drafting Andy Dalton as a top eight quarterback. Um, that's an interesting because theory. if Tyler Eifert's really that good, and we know AJ Green's 
No. Top five. No, and, and I will tell you why right now. Doug Baldwin was a top ten wide receiver. Jimmy Graham was a top three tight end. Russell Wilson was the fourteenth best quarterback in fantasy last year. Right. It happens. It it's really rare. I don't know. I'm I don't not know if it's sure really how rare, rare it is. I think there's examples. Like we think AJ Green's better than Doug Baldwin. Yeah, but it's it's you know, it's a touchdown position. It's a touchdown position tight end. They don't get a lot of yards. That's that's right. why Eifert is somewhat of a proven touchdown guy. And it it almost doesn't matter what the matchup is either. Right. You're going to start him hoping that he finds the end zone and he gets some yardage on top of it. Uh, going back to the average fantasy points per game, Kelsey averaged 8.3 last year in eight games, and in a couple of them, Eifert barely played. He averaged eight fantasy points per game, five with at least eight points. Oh, his his upside's through his the upside roof. is yes. I was about to say that. <laughs> that's incredible. Where to, okay, no, I understand your point though. If you if you group him with with Kyle Rudolph and Ertz. And those guys, then maybe Eifert's going a little early because after Eifert, the sixth tight end off the board, we get to Delaney Walker, 76th overall. That's round seven. And Martellus Bennett at the end of round seven, beginning of round eight, 85th overall. Delaney Walker and Martellus Bennett. We think that these guys as the tight end seven and eight, Walker and Bennett are going too early, right? Yes. Way too early. Which one do you like better, Walker or Bennett? Walker. Oh. <laughs> Bennett. I currently have Walker ranked higher. If tomorrow I found out Corey Davis is coming back to practice and he's going to be fine and there's no issue at all, I probably have Bennett ranked higher. Citing the old adage of tight ends are what matter for or touchdowns are what matter for tight ends. I almost got that one backwards. I still think Walker can find the end zone a bunch. I don't think the yardage will be anywhere near as good as it's been. Okay. And all three of you have these two players back-to-back in your rankings, but farther down than what average draft position has. So then we get to the ninth tight end off the board, 90th overall, into round eight, Kyle Rudolph. And then there's a pretty big drop. 17 picks later, Hunter Henry is the 10th tight end off the board. And Zach Ertz is 112th overall in standard. I'm sure he's higher in PPR. But the next group after Eifert, Walker, and Bennett is Kyle Rudolph, Hunter Henry, and Zach Ertz. Uh, we'll get to Jack Doyle in a second. He's number twelve, and Jamie's a big fan. But uh, Eifert was going in the seventh round. Uh, and no, round six, late round six. Round six. So you're basically asking me, would I rather have Willie Sneed and Zach Ertz or Tyler Eifert and Mike Wallace? It's a tough one for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? what's your, what's what's your the answer? Difference? You'd, really, you'd rather have Sneed and Ertz, yeah? Oh yes, yeah. easily. I, th- I think we all would, right? Sneed and Ertz, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. For sure. Those two are my guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe Eifert's a little high in ADP. Um, you guys know how I feel about Kyle Rudolph. I had a, the Kyle Rudolph stat from a couple, from last week, I think, which was a really great stat when I find it. Here it is. He led all tight ends with 132 targets. He finished as the number four tight end in standard, number two in PPR. And, uh, if you look at his fantasy points in both formats, Kyle Rudolph, of the last 11 tight ends with 120 or more targets over the last five years, Kyle Rudolph had the second fewest fantasy points of that group of 11 tight ends with 120 or more targets. Bottom line, he just wasn't that good on a per-target basis, and he better get a ton of targets or he's going to disappoint you, my personal opinion. Uh, you what, you guys like him, though. You guys have, have Rudolph sixth for Jamie, seventh for Dave, sixth for Heath in standard. And in PPR, six for all three of you. Top, Basically a top six tight end, Kyle Rudolph. I'll tell you why I think the targets are going to stay there for him. 
Number one, his quarterback, Sam Bradford, has made a living off of his tight end. He did it in St. Louis when the Rams were in St. Louis. And uh, for a little bit in Philadelphia, I believe uh, Ertz had some good games. That four-game stretch at the end of the season? Yeah, yep, yeah that was two seasons ago. And then last year, Rudolph became his, his, his huggy bear, A, because he's a tight end, B, because the offensive line was so bad in Minnesota that Bradford had to dump off quick and Rudolph was there. The offensive coordinator is also big on tight ends. It's Pat Shermer who's been with Sam Bradford in each of those stops. Well, he was promoted from the tight ends coach to be the offense coordinator. But I think that's just one of those tendencies is that they will make sure that Rudolph is an option on every play. And Rudolph's a big boy. Like when he came into the league, I thought that he had a chance to be kind of a difference maker because of his size. He's been stuck in Minnesota who uh, or where passing has never really been in vogue. Maybe now I think I don't know if Rudolph is taking another step forward, but I think as being a consistent part of that Vikings offense, I think you're going to see him stay involved and, and be fairly productive. When it's when you're in a situation where the quarterback's the same, the offense is the same, they didn't add anybody of consequence in the passing game. Michael Floyd. I think his <laughs> targets from last year are more predictive than his per target fantasy points. Yeah, you would say. 120 targets. I don't yeah. think he's going to give you 130 plus, but and I would, I think it's more. I guess I'd say it's more likely to me that he's more efficient on a per target basis than he gets 30 percent less targets. And and it's interesting because I I think you're going to see an ADP reflects that. There's a consensus five tight ends. It's six through ten is where the the jumble becomes. Yep. You're either buying the upside, which I guess Dave is with Tyler Eifert, which is certainly understandable. You're taking the the chance that Rudolph is able to replicate his production. You're either shying away from or hoping that Zach Ertz can continue to build from a four game to a nine game to hopefully a sixteen game set of production or uh game of production games of production. Game of Thrones. That Game of Thrones mm-hmm. that he's shown that he becomes, you know, baby dragon to big big boy dragon. <laughs> um well who Jamie, that, Jamie, who's more likely to break out in your opinion? Hunter Henry or Zach Ertz? Hunter Henry because there's a higher ceiling for him to get to. Uh, okay, sorry. So who's more likely to just have a bigger year? Uh, for getting... I think Ertz is more likely to score more fantasy points. Ertz is likely to score more fantasy points because I think his targets will be more consistent. Yes. But if you were to say right now, to use Dave's uh, expression, that uh, Antonio Gates goes to the moon or wins the lottery or wherever, he, he's on a boat. He too. wins the lottery on the moon. Wins the lottery on the moon. Um, by the way, I saw the movie Passengers last night. What a terrible movie. Um, uh, Antonio Gates is gone, then Hunter Henry could be top five, if not top three, because of how Rivers uses the tight end. They scored 15 touchdowns from the position last year. Yeah. 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 I have not seen Passengers, by the way, but at least you didn't say Prisoners is a horrible movie because that movie's terrific. Oh. I did see an email, though, critiquing it, and you haven't read that one I yet. know. I, t- I put it in the notes. Yeah, I sure you have. Yesterday I put it in the yep. notes. Somebody mm-hmm. said Prisoners was terrible. And then I was going to pretend to not read his uh, fantasy question, but then I was going to read it anyway. Um, all right, so let's see. We got Hunter Henry, 107 overall. Zach Ertz, 112 overall. This is after Kyle Rudolph at 90th overall. Jack Doyle is 120th overall. And so he's fallen. He's fallen with with Andrew Luck's news, probably. Yeah, Man, that's, that's, that's about right. Maybe a little low. Jamie, what is it that you like uh, so much about Jack Doyle? You've been on him since the end of last season, basically. It's it's this, the same thing, you know, with uh, – 
this offense that we've seen going back to 2014. When Dwayne Allen missed time, Kobe Fleener was exceptional. And last year there was three games where Dwayne Allen was out and you saw Jack Doyle step up. It's, it's, it's the nature of it. You know, Dave talked about Pat Shermer. Rob Chudzinski has been, you know, essentially a tight end guru wherever he's been. He's the offense coordinator there. They're going to lean on this spot. You know, again, you could say maybe Eric Swope, uh, comes in and, and takes a couple touchdowns away, which ruined Jack Doyle, but, uh, it's, it's the nature of this offense, this quarterback and, you know, the fact that they paid him and traded away Dwayne Allen. So I, I think that there's a lot of upside for him, uh, and especially at this value. Uh, I'll buy into situation, and he did a little bit to kind of open my eyes that he can be a successful fantasy option. I, I think Jack Doyle at 120th overall, how can anybody argue with that? The end of round 10? right? I mean, Yeah, he's he he's – as soon as I start to see – Especially people still gravitate toward the name. So Walker, when he goes, when I see Hunter Henry go, and if it comes to me in that round, I'm taking Jack Doyle every time. I, you're I, not, I, uh, you're not gripped by Colt's fear with the luck shoulder. No, I, I, I moved luck down to ninth in my rankings. I, I, I fully expect Andrew Luck to play the majority of the season, but, um, clearly if there's, I moved Hilton down, I moved, uh, Moncrief down. Doyle, I can't move him down anymore. Okay. How about so, Eric? You'll still take him over Ebron. Ebron, or, yeah. I'll still take him over Ebron because Ebron's got issues himself. He's hurt. He's got Galladay now to come. Galladay now to compete with, and and still Jones and still Tate. And I do think their running game will be better. Well, I'll give you a fun Eric Ebron stat. Only six red zone targets. Only six last year. But he had a teammate Anquan Bolden who had the third most uh, red zone targets in the NFL with twenty two. So. And and a quarterback who only threw twenty four touchdown passes, which was surprising. You- hey Adam, did you see? Uh, or your notifications were off, but we picked up Anquan Bolden in the dynasty league. Oh, good. Well, there, then this is a good test that my notifications are off of the league that I'm not a part of. Which is- oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. I'll turn them back on for yeah. you. That way you can get that. Don't turn them back on. <laughs> that would be very rude. We are done with most of the relevant tight ends, so let's talk about uh, the late round picks. Then after Jack Doyle, number twelve. Uh, we've got OJ Howard, Eric Ebron, Jason Witten, Kobe Fleener, Antonio Gates, Julius Thomas, Evan Ingram, Cameron Brait, Howard, Ebron, Witten, Fleener, Gates, Julius Thomas, Evan Ingram, Cameron Brait. These are 13 through 20 in average draft position. If you were in a 14 team league, you were the last person to take tight ends. Who would you be targeting in this group? Well, you said Ebron, so we'll skip that one. I will say that I think everybody in that group is going to outscore O.J. Howard. Really? Yes. Would you take Cameron Braid over O.J. Howard? I would. Yeah. Okay. Cameron Braid was like the number six tight end in fantasy last year. He had eight touchdowns, I think. He had a really good year. This is the thing, though. With that, you know, Dave's been talking about this since James came into the NFL with Nick O'Leary at Florida State, and then you saw it with the group of tight ends he had as a rookie. Uh, last year it was Brait. It's it's a position that he leans on, and, and Dirk Cutter certainly got a history of leaning on his tight ends as well. So Howard's going to be a monster, maybe next year. Could have some great moments this year. But the fact that both guys there, it's like a poor man's Chargers. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to take away from each other, but not be as successful. All right, how about Kobe Fleener? Would you rather have Fleener or Brait? Well, listen, I love Kobe Fleener. That's the year he had last year. It's hard to get away from him. It is like uh, there's a. I can make an argument for him. No, there, there's, there's a chance. There, there, there's certainly a chance, but it's 
he's in the right spot. He's he's a number two guy. Which, if you are something he wasn't ever net last year. So <laughs> yeah. if you are, yeah. if you are no, inclined, he was. He just couldn't make the catch. If you are inclined to take a, a second tight end with Cooks not being there, obviously you know how I feel about Snead. But um, if, if Snead can't overcome the toe injury like he had a year ago or gets hurt or something happens to Michael Thomas, there, this is still an offense going to throw the ball quite a bit. Okay, yeah, I mean the, the argument for Snead or for for Fleener is just you'd expect more targets. He didn't get as tar- as many targets as Ben Watson did. Well, he it's because he was really bad on this. Fine, that's fine. I'm just saying, like it's his second year in the offense. Maybe he makes the adjustment. They got to score touchdowns. I agree. Yeah, you know, I, this is a good spot for him. Yeah, so he's like the 16th tight end off the board or something. And, like and you, you know, to me, Julius Thomas is poor man's Tyler Eifert. Because once upon a time, he scored a lot of touchdowns. He's back with the coordinator that helped him. Jay Cutler's got a good history in the red zone of leaning on his tight ends. And so you look at Gase when he was with Thomas in Denver. That was 24 touchdowns. Granted, it was Peyton Manning. Have to obviously factor that in whenever you talk about it. He went to Blake Bortles last year. Got to factor that in whenever you talk about it. But Gase, you know, it, it, this is, this is one of those weird things where like if you talk about the production of one team and you don't talk about the production of the rest of the team, it's hard to really Factored in, but Gase's tight ends in Chicago combined with Martellus Bennett and Zach Miller when they had Cutler there would have been a top 10 tight end group. Uh, and the whole group in Miami last year, which was four guys of Marquise Gray, uh, Jones Jones, um, Jordan Cameron and, Deion and Deion Sims, they would have been a top 10 tight end as well. That group again, you know, if you factor in everybody else's group, they're probably better than them, but, um, Gase does lean on that position. And so the Dolphins haven't really had this in the last couple of years. Let's finish up with a couple of emails from our listeners about tight ends. This is from Chris in San Antonio. Dear Stewie, Tommy, Maggie, and Bam Bam. Kids on cartoons. Yeah, cartoon yeah. kids. I think Tommy is probably from Rugrats. Maggie? Tommy. Maggie might be Rugrats also. No, Maggie's Maggie Simpson. Yeah. Oh, duh. Come on now. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I was reading my kids a Rugrats story the other day. I don't remember all the names. Though. Not a Family Guy story? No. <laughs> uh, 12-team PPR league. What are your thoughts on Austin Safarian Jenkins? A lot of hype. Which is weird for him. <laughs> it's never been a talent issue with Austin Safarian Jenkins. No. Um, you can pick him up off the waiver wire before week three because he's not playing the first two weeks. That's true. Yeah, that's the that's the issue with Austin Safarian <laughs> Jenkins. Okay, next email. God, that team is so bad. Terrible. Josh from a small town in South Texas. Dear Davis, Allen, and Howard. Uh, those sound like tight ends. Vernon. Sure. Oh yeah, actually, that's relevant to the question. Uh, talking about handcuffing an injury-prone tight end like Jordan Reed with another tight end. Is it better to draft Jordan Reed and someone on his team, like Vernon Davis, or a late-round upside guy? I think if you're digging that low for a tight end, you might as well not draft one because you can go to the waiver wire and find one of, you know, someone like Cameron Brait or Vernon Davis when the time comes. In a 15-round draft, I wouldn't do it. If it's a 20-round draft, I don't think Vernon Davis is a terrible idea because they he will be good mm-hmm. when Jordan reads out. And but he, he wasn't, though. Wasn't he? No. Now I have to look. Philosophically, you. you've got the look. bench space to burn, so you could do it if you wanted to. But why wouldn't you take a chance on, if you're really going to go that route, why wouldn't you take a chance on, let's say it's Howard or Najoku or 
Ingram or somebody that has maybe a little bit more upside that could be the starter as opposed to waiting for the injury. And then you have the option of, okay, at least this guy I've seen play now that Jordan Reed's hurt. I mean, I would take it a step further and say go after a tight end that's ranked higher. Well, of course. But and, I'm just saying and that like way, if, if, you're, if, if you happen to hit on that tight end, maybe you're trading off one of these two. Sure. And then in case of emergency, so you're going Jordan for Reed goes or down. Great or Thomas or oh no no I'm something. I'm I'm sorry I'm thinking higher than that I'm thinking like Ebron Martellus like you're burning then, two of your top Martellus is your eighth round pick huh right I said Martellus is your eighth round pick yeah. according to ADP well I'm I'm not taking Martellus <laughs> in round eight but even if Delaney Walker yeah but you did that me, you did that. that in a ten team draft where you took Zach Ertz I took well part of that was because I was kind of crazy at the sure. time but I also I also felt that those were two of the best players that were available right at but the time, you so like did way 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 exceeded ADP by where you took them. Yeah, because sometimes I well, just it's a ten team. ADP. I just want my guys. Ten team league, and he was on the turn. You know, two consecutive picks. You have to wait twenty picks. So sometimes you have to do that. But uh, well, based on how tight ends fell, he could have gotten hurt later. I got Delaney Walker in the fourteenth round. Well, Ebron went undrafted because I auto picked Jonathan Williams instead. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Dave, you have a deep sleeper for us at the position. I think Benjamin Watson might actually have some decent value. I don't disagree at all because he he's the last man standing at tight end for Baltimore. Everyone else has been wiped out by suspension or injury. We know that Joe Flacco has a long-standing track record of using his tight end, and this is an offense that could use as many targets as it can get. And we we talk all the time about the running backs that are gone and and or all the targets that are gone and the running backs who have left and those targets are up for grabs between Woodhead and Terrence West and uh, oh, I guess that's really about it. I'm not going to say Buck Allen. No, one of those I, I, I w- but there are going to be opportunities for others to pick up some of that slack. And I think Watson could fit in. I will say there's one caveat to it because it's one of the teams that he's visited, but Gary Barnes just think is still an option for the Ravens. Oh, uh, well, sure. And so changes everything. Yes. That. The, that's one guy. I think if you're keeping an eye in a deep, deep, deep league, keep an eye on Gary Barnes because he could end up on a team that could still use him potentially. Okay. And uh, that's going to do it for the tight end preview. Outstanding. I love it. Don't forget it. about Austin Hooper, too. We didn't talk about him. Hooper. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he's got a Hooper. good week one matchup against Chicago. And Jesse James, good streaming option week one against Cleveland. Yep. Yep. Very good stuff. Thank you, guys. Tomorrow we'll talk some preseason football. Monday we'll do the same, and we'll read a lot of emails. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, running back part one, part two, Wide receiver part one, part two. By the time next weekend comes around, you will be completely ready for your fantasy drafts. It's time to dominate. I am Adam Azer for Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, Jamie Eisenberg. We will talk to you on Friday. Bye.